Hey listeners, to preface this episode, this is my first solo pod. I'm bringing you in here. Let's embrace the long pauses and experimental raw nature of this first try together. Keep curious and stay with me. For constant change, I'm Elliot Gunnell. This month marks the one year anniversary for the start of this passion project, if you can even call it that. It's more of a project that was born out of sheer boredom at the start of one emotional year. I would like to say that I've spent most of my time enjoying um, the world around me. Uh, I've seen more parts of my life than I ever have before, but in reality, I couldn't weigh my heart against a feather just yet. I'm still deeply and... I'm still deeply excited to see what the rest of my life has to offer. Deep, interesting, and often untouched parts of my mind, my frame, and my soul have surfaced. They've been acknowledged, and then they often hide again and fester, as these things do. In Sweden, we separate our trash We sort like-minded wrappers of old Ikea manuals and boxes of Italian pasta together. We put our plastic with a myriad of other materials that were just known at one point as crude oil. And finally, our organic waste, which is what I'll be talking about here for the next couple minutes. So if you're trash-averse, skip ahead a couple minutes. My goal at the beginning of this new sorting trash experience was... Let's reduce this horrible smell. Chicken bones, cheese rinds, and a gaggle of vegetable and fruit scraps made, at the start, a true cacophony of odor after a week. My current approach is, there's nothing I can do. Let's beat this trash at its own game, says the once neurotic gardener. Fine, you're going to smell. I understand, but I'm going to try my best to turn you into compost by the end of the week. By the time I throw out my organic waste now, I'm proud when the container is warm to the touch. It's a key sign that you're getting close to compost, so I've been told. A reason I lose weight here in Sweden other than biking, walking, and schlepping my groceries home every week is I'm trying to make my organic waste smell pleasant. The less cheese rinds and the more kale stems, the better I've smelled. It's like I'm at some sort of crude version of a perfume counter. Make what you will of that, but I still don't know what I'm doing. It's been a difficult and equally complex year. One whole rotation around the sun later, and yet like so many other things, I still have no idea where this is going. And by this, I mean not just this podcast, but also the general trajectory of my life. Do any of us know? I always seem to find myself tearing down any notion of direction as it comes up through either my own conceptual uh, uh, moment of, of thinking about life, um, whether it's through having conversations with my friends or anything of that like, of that nature, a compass I wish I had. Um, people remark, uh, you seem to know what you're doing. You've, you've, got, 
you've got it going on, Gunnel. And in the reality, like everybody else, I don't know. That's something I have to come to terms with. It's something that I am dealing with almost all moments of my life. When something is in front of me, not only am I present, but I'm also thinking, do I know what I'm doing? Life is a process. Maybe you understand that by now. But I think most people hearing this will think, I don't know either. We thought we had the reins in our hands. And yet the biggest lesson from this pandemic was they're clearly not. I'd argue we wouldn't even want it any other way. Our lives can be deeply affected by our thoughts, our collective actions, and activism generally within humanity. And yet most of the stuff that happens in our life is a product of the unseen, of the rhythmic, and of the organic notions of what we really want and really need. This is my first solo episode. I'm deeply humble that I'm able to talk about my trash with you here and now. It's also deeply uncomfortable. I'll be honest with you. I'm always encouraged by messages of support for this endeavor, whether it's a Facebook comment about the podcast um, or it's from my friends saying, I love to hear this. And yet there's still a part of me that says, I'm doing this, but it's still scary and still uncomfortable. You can hear the moments when I go off script. You can hear the moments when I don't know what to say, when I, when I zone out in the middle of an interview and I have to come back in and have something smart to say. That's still uncomfortable for me because at the end of the day, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I love to talk, but to have a monologue is a stage I've never stepped foot onto. This is uncharted waters, babe. While I had planned to produce many episodes at the start of this podcast, I knew after the first session, and the first season for that matter, that this was not my normal flow. This podcast has actually been a tool that has taught me a lot about doing things at the right time for the right reasons. Right time meaning we don't have control over when we feel called to do something that's right. Now, let me just take a second there to think about that a little bit more, as Brene Brown would say. If Brene Brown was on this podcast hosting it, she would say, can you repeat that once more? Let me just say it again. I knew after the first session that this was not my normal flow. This podcast is teaching me currently about how to do things at the right time for the right reasons. That is something that I'm trying to apply to the rest of my life. I came into this podcast session right now um, not having lunch. I thought before I clicked record, should I go make a turkey sandwich? At the end of the day, sometimes we have to do things even when we don't feel completely prepared. I will always remember my mother or my grandmother or any of my family for that matter just really getting prepared. It was it was almost like the the we were planning some sort of evasion, invasion, sorry, of of the grocery store or of the library where we would have to have everything ready to go, you know. It was almost as if we were never able to forget something. And so with my life, I've carried that same mentality into other things. 
And at the end of the day, this project and other parts of my life, I've realized recently, are wholly about the process. It's just about the process. Really, it's about the process. If I forget something, if I stumble, if I'm not perfect in this in this interview, in this podcast right now, what you're listening to, know that it's me. Know that that's who I am. I don't plan on editing, the, editing this very much. I might snip a few words out here and there. But really, this is who I am. <laughs> um, I do look at the stats once in a while. Um, but nothing beats the feeling of hearing somebody enjoying this process. I had a good friend of mine recently on a, on a phone call that I had um, talk about this year as a year of reflection. Mohammed, if you're listening to this, thanks for that idea because I'm going to run with it for a little bit more. A year of reflection is a very interesting way of describing this past year, 2020. Um, because in a reflection, we don't get to choose what we see and what we don't see. It is something that is out of our control. It's a reflection, right? So not that I'm sort of a professional linguist, but I do love words and I really do love the, the exploration of a word. And to reflect to me brings up this image of, of standing in front of a mirror and, and looking at this kind of un, unfiltered version of ourselves. Um, there's a mirror in my apartment, for example, that I call um, the ghost mirror. Uh, it's, it's the bathroom mirror, uh, and it's the only mirror in the whole apartment. Um, so when you turn on uh, the lights uh, in the apartment, uh, in the bathroom specifically, the mirror's fine. But when you just turn on the light above the mirror, it almost has a green hue. And so when I look at myself in that mirror, I think, hmm, if I can look okay in this mirror, I can look okay in any mirror or any light, right? <laughs> I feel like COVID and the year of the pandemic and the years of after the pandemic are kind of like that, at least for my life. It was a view to which I had no control of what my life looked like. It's, it's truly a year of reflection. Now that brings me to another kind of weaving point along with that. So there's an idea behind the creative process that I've been trying to get into recently, which is you can do things and you don't have to even think about the product of what you are doing. You actually just have to be aware of this process that's happening, right? So if you go into something, this is you know, uh, classic perfectionist uh, mentality, going into something thinking that you have to be the best or else you can't even start, right? Why, why start something when, when, you, when, you, when you're not even able to, uh, to be the best at it, right? Uh, that's actually, for my Swedish friends, that's uh, the true reason why I'm, I'm not studying Swedish right now is because genuinely um, the struggle of learning that, of learning a new language, um, is just, 
it, it triggers a part of me. It triggers me um, because I don't want to fail. And learning a language is a lot of mistakes and a lot of failure right after one after the other. So that's an interesting anecdote. But I, I, I really do think that um, this creative process that happens, um, this this birth of an idea, the creation or the building of the idea, and then the eventual destruction of the idea is something that um, is a beautiful process. It's really, that that is the essence of why we should create things, um, is, is living in that flow, in the, in the, the feeling or the state that, um, that takes away time, right? Flow takes away time. So, this creative process that comes out of COVID, this reflection that we see from our lives, um, we, <laughs> we have no choice but to see where we thought we were and, and where our dreams were leading us and where what we were thinking was, um, aspirational, what was practical, um, and, and just this, this immediate naked version of our lives and I really do feel like for for most folks that was deeply uncomfortable it still is um it can be traumatizing as well I would go as far as to say it can be traumatizing but there's something that we have the unique opportunity um to come across when we are completely naked in front of our own reflection in front of our own ideas in front of our own life our own ideas of self, our own um, definition of love of not only others, but ourself. And in a pandemic, you have a unique isolated uh, experience. Um, not, not, <laughs> not accounting for also the collective fearful experience of the unknown, right? That, that's a whole nother um, bag that I won't unpack um, in this hotel right now. <laughs> um, this idea that we can look at something that, that is, that is repulsive, that, that has an odor, that, that is not on its value, on its face value worth anything. And it might even harm you a pandemic, right? It reminds me a lot of trash. And yet, at the end of the day, we have this decision that we can make, which is, we know trash is not going to go away if you're going to stick with the metaphor. If you are sticking with the, the idea of the pandemic, we know the pandemic is not going to go away entirely because we've gone through it. It is, it is a part of us. It is our reality now, right? And while we see this vaccination role, you know, uh, increasing every day, and I am eternally grateful for that, I also know 
that the life that we lived for that one year and that we are continuing to live after is a part of us and we shouldn't reject it. And the pain and also the, the unbarren view of our lives should also not be forgotten. Um, that process should be used for the, the most whole outcome to complete ourselves, our beings, to really fortify our lives so that we can be better for others. And however you want to do that, go for it. I recently started painting. I know on another podcast episode, I said that I was, uh, I, I was, I was uh, writing poetry. Um, not for release, not to be published, just for me. My art is the same way. And art can be many things. Art can be, I always say, uh, everyone has a different medium. And I think of my, my grandma Elaine, actually, when I, when I say that, um, who passed away uh, in 2007. Uh, but she, she had a big impact on me with art, specifically, because I saw her move through life changing mediums, but still being an artist. which is which is a which is something that I'm trying to to incorporate into my life as well. How can I change my medium? So yes, well yesterday I painted um I was painting with with acrylic paint. Today I'm painting with words. Right? I'm painting with with my thought process and my voice. I'm trying to paint you a picture of how we can live with the byproducts of this pandemic in a healthier way. That's what I'm doing today. And, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people um, that have told me from listening to the podcast uh, that they often listen to this um, while doing other things. And that's exactly what I do with my podcasts that I listen to. Um, one of them is a hidden brain by Sean Curry Danton, uh, which is a great exploration in, in, in the, the human consciousness and why we do certain things that we do. Another one that I love is uh, Radio Lab. Um, and and my I think my all-time favorite is Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History. Uh, for a while, I wanted to be a historian. And then I found that all parts of my life, I can be a historian. <laughs> um those podcasts, I listen to them while I'm doing things, mundane things, uh, washing the dishes uh, comes to mind. Um, so if you're listening to this while washing the dishes or while you're uh, out on a walk with, uh, with your dog or just, you know, uh, you're doing something like laundry, um, just take a moment, take, take a couple minutes or take a couple seconds after you're done with this podcast and think think about what is your medium that you're using and you know a, a, another great um kind of metaphor to pull in would be um a balanced diet is a diverse diet for food for eating right 
uh, my grandmother, um, uh, Ba, if you're listening, hello. <laughs> um, she was a nutritionist for many years and she always taught um, us um, that we should try new foods and, and, and eat a, a variety. Um, that I feel like should also go uh, to life. That same mentality of let me explore. How, how does that how does that taste? Um, food is a central part of my life, and um, I often think about you know what what could what could make this dish better that I've made, you know, uh, and not just that, but but how can I really get the essence of this whatever I'm cooking out, release the essence of it, right? In, in the most simplest of forms. And that also applies to music as well. You know, how can you listen to a song and think, wow, I can, I can hear the multi-layered aspects of it. But sometimes we go back to things and we say, I already know what it's going to be like. I've already listened to 76 trombones. I already know what that's going to be like. But there's a unique approach that artists um, incorporate into their, their livelihoods as as people who create you know art and things like that where they they have to look at things with fresh eyes meaning they have to use certain uh techniques to change their perception about you know is this really what i'm seeing or do i see this is that really what i want to say when i'm writing an article for the new yorker or do i want to say this instead that's an artist's approach. It's a process. It's also never done. William de Kooning, who was a great um, uh, modernist painter of the 1970s, he, uh, I, I learned from, uh, from a great um, uh, documentary from MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art in New York City. They had a, they had a little article about him. And um, he is said to have left a painting in his studio for up to two years, taking it down from the easel, putting it in storage, pulling it out again, painting it a little bit more, you know, going and, and you know, uh, going away for a week and coming back to it. And just this continual process of not only listening to what does the art or what does the, the thing that's in front of you want, but also that it's, it's never complete. Now, here's an interesting thing that I was talking um, with my friend Muhammad about, and, uh, and actually my mom as well, uh, that there's a, there's a certain inertia of life. I find it deeply uncomfortable and unsettling to know emotionally, spiritually, mentally, that I can actually no longer um, exist in a past form that my life is only moving towards the future. Uh, and there's this great cliche that everyone here is probably daily that says, uh, live in the moment, live in the moment, right? Hey, hey, if you're feeling bad, just live in the moment, dude. We've all heard it. We've all heard that. And yet, I feel like it doesn't get the full picture. And I've been thinking about this a lot. And I've never done thinking about any of these things that I've talked about today. 
um, which is just a disclaimer that I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but there is this there is this inertia of life. Um, and if inertia, if you don't know exactly what inertia is, um, I can kind of paint a description of it. I don't know exactly what the definition is either. Um, but I see inertia as this uh, constant fall that never stops falling and that has um, an infinite uh, portion to its existence. Uh, that it's this energy that kind of keeps going forward and kind of pulls you forward as it goes. Now that's, if, if my science teachers are listening to this, I'm so, so sorry, but I am currently studying um, the social sciences. So I, I have uh, definitely um, uh, lost uh, the definition of inertia. But if anyone else out there um, is, is really into science, uh, you'll know uh, where I'm going to get to my next point here, which is um, life, the, the process of living is actually a process of inertia. It, you cannot go back to the past because the inertia of life pulls you forward into the future, right? It's this constant process to which we also have no control over. Like I said at the beginning, the reins of life are out of our hands, and being comfortable with sitting in that boat, going down that river of going into the future, right? Should be accompanied by an exploratory and curious mind, body, spirit. That's how we should look at life. If we really feel uncomfortable with not being able to go to the past, with not really understanding how to live in the present either, we should feel comfortable with the pursuit of an exploration. Because Lord knows we don't, we don't know what we're doing, <laughs> right? We have no idea where this whole thing is going to go with our life. So might as well just explore. Because also in an exploration, you may set out with an idea about what you're going to find. But we know from the history books that that's never what you find. It's never what you end up finding. I mean, there's dozens of books, movies, poems, uh, operas, um, you know, musicals, um, you know, uh, written pamphlets, political speeches, um, you know, religious sermons, uh, hymns and songs uh, that were written about this exact idea, right? This exact idea. How should we live our life? Right now, coming out of the pandemic, I would say, let's explore. And let me just make a, a, a caveat to that as well. Let's explore. It, it doesn't have to be actually physical at all, actually. Um, a simple way for those of you who are washing dishes, change which hand you have the washing utensil in. 
if you're I, I usually scrub a dish um, with an IKEA scrubber uh, in my right hand usually and I, I that is my dominant hand I am a righty but I found that there is a unique exploration of how you wash things if you hold that scrubber in your left hand. Now, if you're left-handed, vice versa for you. Um, if you're ambidextrous, uh, pick whatever one uh, you think uh, deserves you know, deserves it. I don't know. Um, a great example of this also is I was sitting down uh, in the dentist's chair um, at the dentist's office in December. And I was told by my hygienist, you know, Elliot, you really ought to switch um, the hand that you use um, to brush your teeth because that will allow you to get to this spot that you're missing. I can see because I just have been cleaning your teeth. I, I know you're missing that spot because you're using your right hand. Wow. There's a big idea. You'll never know where you're going to find your next quest, your next exploration, right? It could be as simple as switching switching your hand for brushing your teeth. It could be as simple as changing the foot that you start up the stairs with. Take it slow, take it slow, but change that foot and watch, watch how foreign those steps feel. How different it feels to walk up that, that, pair, of, that pair of steps. Another great one I did the other day is I had this little this little bedside table. It's more of a crate, I would say. And I, I looked at it and I was sitting at my desk, which I normally sit at. I'm sitting at it right now recording this podcast. I decided, you know what? I've never actually looked down on my room. So what did I do? I got on top. I, I, I started my exploration. I got on top of this little bedside table wooden crate and started looking down at my room. From a different level, a different perception. The windows look different. My wardrobe looks different. My bookcase looked different. My desk, wholly different. <laughs> right? Now, it sounds crazy, but this is real life. This is what I do. Uh, I find ways, even in my own home, doing my own easy, um, mundane tasks to explore now. Because <laughs> COVID is still real, whether we like it or not. And uh, I don't really feel like uh, traveling all around to different cities, right? Which is another form of exploration. Now, another great idea is having a great conversation. That's a great exploration. But I'm so grateful in the end, you know, I, I, I think, um, you know, I, I, I'm encouraging you to explore. Um, definitely do that if you feel comfortable, if you feel bored with your life. Um, you know, I started this podcast because I was bored in lockdown. And I thought, what's the worst that could happen? Now, am I still in that feeling? Yes, I am. I am. It's still, <laughs> it's still one of those feelings where I think, hmm, why am I going to get on top of my bedside table or switch my hand while I'm brushing my teeth? I'm bored. So maybe that means that I need to, <laughs> to do some other things. Maybe I need to um, 
you know, do some more studying or whatever. But I think it's really, it's kind of this, this general ethos about life, which I'm processing now and investigating and expanding and sharing, which is get out and explore. Might as well. (laughs) Might as well. Because the inertia of life is going to keep pulling you forward whether you like it or not. Right? We're still we're still all going to that same place. Scary. Scary, I know. Um, uncertain for sure. But whether we like it or not, we're still we're still moving that way. So we can either enjoy the change of seasons, we can either enjoy the new music, we can either enjoy the new technology. We can either enjoy uh, the new foods, the new experiences, the new people, the new surroundings, or not. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Constant Change. Um, If you enjoy the monologue, um, I might actually include this into um, maybe an episode uh, once in a while. If I don't have a guest, I really, I, I love the beauty and the complexity of a great conversation. Uh, it's something that keeps me going in my life uh, constantly. Um, but I, I do also like the chance to be able to speak uh, to my audience directly um, and for you to get to know me better and how I work and how I process the world around me, what I'm doing, um, you know, what I'm doing with my trash. Uh, you know, um, I, I love telling stories uh, to my friends and family about uh, what's going on around me. But I know that um, yeah, sometimes uh, if you're not on the phone call, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get the beat. So it might be, uh, it might be great um, to kind of share these experiences with you. Uh, and if you get something out of them by the end of the day or the end of the episode, um, I would be overjoyed because to me, this feels very uh, strange, confusing that anyone would maybe even try to listen to this. Um, <laughs> but it is a, a new exploration of things and it's, it's, a new, it's a new chapter, right? I have never done this uh, solo episode before uh, or this format and, uh, and that's, that's exciting and it keeps me on my toes, really. Um, so I guess, well... I guess this is probably all I've got for you because I'm at around 30 minutes. So that's, I was telling myself I'm not going to go over 30 minutes and now I'm at about 35 minutes. Um, so thank you for supporting me in this last, uh, this, this past year. Um, it's been a, a real journey. I thank all the guests that have been on my show so far. Um, I also would like to take a chance to thank my future guests who are on my show. I can't wait to, uh, to talk with them and have meaningful, deep conversations about, um, you know, why, why we do certain things and why we need to embrace the change of life. Um, so that's, that's, um, that's keeping me deeply, uh, attached to this as a medium, uh, and as a creative outlet and project. 
Um, if you know somebody or uh, you yourself uh, loved this episode, uh, please feel free to share this. Uh, you can share um, just by um, uh, copying the link and, and sending it out to anyone. Uh, you know, you can send them uh, just an anecdote and say, this reminded me of you <laughs> and, um, and just send it to them. Um, that would really mean a lot to me and also uh, would encourage me to keep uh, keep up the 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 new the new uh, explorations the new work um, so yeah thank you so much for for listening to this um, I encourage you to explore and yeah that's all I've got for you all right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.